Welcome to the ESG Matters podcast. My name is Ahmad Gomis. Today we have Gabe Brambila, Vice President of Corporate Sustainability at Health Equity. Health Equity is a leading administrator of health savings accounts and other consumer directed benefits, FSA, HRA, COBRA, and commuter benefits. Advisors and health plans and retirement providers partner to help over 14 million members to work towards long-term health and financial well-being goals. Thank you for being a guest on the podcast, Gabe. Hi, Amat. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. I think it would be great if you could level set and kind of describe, I did a little bit, but can you describe health equity and the products that they produce for for the market? Sure, absolutely. Well, you hit the nail on the head with your intro there. Health Equity is the uh, largest health savings account administrator with over 14 million members. You listed several other products that we offer. And at Health Equity, we really offer a total solution um, for our members and our clients. We work with over 120,000 organizations as well. We really are on our mission to connect health and wealth. That is our our mission. Our vision is to really make HSAs more popular than 401ks or retirement accounts by the year 2030. We're on our way. We're excited about this. And I know it's something that, that we can definitely meet. And I know all of my teammates and colleagues at the company are excited to partner with clients and our members to to help meet our mission and vision. Okay, that's really interesting. And then because health equity isn't necessarily a company that is direct to consumer in the same way as a Kellogg or an AT&T, curious, what brought health equity to the point where they believed having an ESG program was necessary? Well, I think it really goes back to the founding of our company. It started when our founder had a health issue as a medical student and needed to see a specialist. Because the cost of his visit wasn't covered and it was unexpected, he had to use a small amount of his student budget to pay the bill. Then a few years later, his infant child needed to have surgery. So because of this, he had the, the foresight to create health equity. So he had a vision to really make that connection between the individual patients, uh, have an opportunity to plan for bigger costs and make sure that there is a way that he and, and his fellow Americans can connect the product of a health savings account and their health and wealth. So while I understand that there's been this long trajectory of health and the value of ESG. I am curious to understand when when did you all create this ESG sort of formalized program in the way corporations are starting to think about it? And then also, can you talk a little bit about what is sort of this long-term strategy for health equity when it comes to their ESG planning and programming? No, that's a really great question. And the the idea of creating an ESG program goes back many years. Investors, as you know, have increasingly grown curious about ESG or, or CSR efforts for organizations. And that's something that we value at Health Equity, transparency to all of our stakeholders. One of our core values at Health Equity is to do the right thing. So we wanted to align with our core values and begin an ESG program. Health Equity was doing a lot of really great things. It just wasn't under the umbrella of ESG, if you will. So I was brought on to really wrap my arms around the really great work that's already being done at Health Equity and create a program under these ESG frameworks, such as GRI and SASB and, and the myriad of other uh, frameworks out there, but ones 
that health equity can speak to when it came time to answer questions from investors and other stakeholders, both internal and external. It's been part of our DNA for many, many years. And I that sound like a broken record, but I think it goes back to our mission of, of connecting health and wealth, that S, uh, the social piece of ESG. We, we are in our initial steps of our journey, but aligning with our core values and, and understanding the landscape as it changes year over year uh, quite rapidly from the social injustices that were taking place in the summer of 2020 to the the focus on greenhouse gas emission. The SEC has a proposed rule for climate disclosure, so we're keeping an eye on that as well. But it's been a part of who we are for quite some time, and we are now at a point where we can engage with our stakeholders internally and externally from a much more formal way, if you will, with our CSR reports, our, our, our materiality assessment and identifying those topics that are material to health equity. So when it comes time to speak to our stakeholders, we're smart about it. We're smarter about it. And it's, it sounds like what you're doing at health equity is where a lot of companies are in are starting when they have this, when they're trying to create this formalized ESG program or planning where there's a lot of great activities that have been done in certain po- pockets of the organization. It's, a lot of this is sort of in the corporate culture of the organization as well and coming up with a formalized plan. And I really want to think about what you talked about when, as far as the materiality assessment and the global reporting initiatives and a lot of these structures that are in place to help a corporation understand how to identify what are the most germane topics for your, not just for your industry, but for your company in particular that speaks to the needs of the consumers, to the investor community, to employees as well, and have that really help to clarify and identify the activities that you take and where you're going on your journey. So I'm curious from health equity standpoint, what are some of the initial steps that you've taken on this journey? So once you've done the materiality assessment, what are some of those next steps that a company like a health equity takes to move the journey forward when it comes to ESG? No, I, yeah, it's a really great question. These last two years for us has really been laying the foundation for our ESG program. Last year was the first year we released our corporate sustainability report. We call it Sustainably Purple. And that one was more qualitative in nature, really telling the story of who we are as an organization. And then this past fall, fall of 2021, is when we conducted a materiality assessment because we wanted to really understand what our stakeholders, internal and external, thought was important to health equity. What should we as a company focus on? And the results of that materiality assessment are seen in our uh, most recent uh, CSR report. And what really stood out there is five out of the top six were social in nature, anywhere from our health and wellness benefits and how we treat our own teammates. So we can see now that we have the results of the materiality assessment, we can focus, we can be more targeted 
about our focus in creating our ESG program. We didn't want this to be a boil the exercise ocean, if you will. We wanted to be intentional and targeted on those topics that are that are important to us as defined by our stakeholders. And the stakeholders range from our board of directors to NGOs to our own teammates, some of our clients and our partners as well. So we had a really good mix of stakeholders weigh in on what they thought uh, we as an organization should focus on. So now that we have the results of the materiality assessment, we then look internally and say, okay, what, what have we done? What are we doing? What can we build on and what can we leverage? And that's where we're at right now. I'll also say that although greenhouse gas emissions were not a material topic for health equity, we have decided to disclose our scope one and scope two. We went back to 2019 to create an inventory for 2019, 2020, and 2021, and we'll continue to move forward. I think that's important to, to highlight simply because with the pending SEC proposed climate disclosure rule, uh, many companies, all companies likely will uh, be required to at least disclose scope one and scope two. So we wanted to be sure we were ahead of the game. Yeah, and I think that's really important to, to understand when we think about the materiality assessment as a tool and that there's always these interesting opportunities that you find out about, whether it be in your case, talking about how the majority of what was uh, sort of germane or most material to your organization were social in nature. And I think it's also important for people to understand that just because it's in that top right quadrant, when you're plotting out the materiality assessment, when you do have things that are important to the business, that you can report and manage and work on those products. And in your case, it was the carbon footprinting and GHG emissions because, like you said, the SEC is rapidly trying to understand how they can come up with rules and regulations for public companies to report. And most likely, if those public companies have to report, their largest vendors and uh, contractors will as well. So it's just a matter of time before it becomes a lot more widespread. And it's just better to do it now than later. So I think that's really important for people who work in organizations to understand that the materiality assessment is a tool. It is not necessarily the end all and be all of, of, of what you're supposed to do, but it helps guide and clarify your activities. And when you're thinking strategically about where to put your resources, it's a great tool to help with that as well. Yeah, I was going to say, you're absolutely right. And at Health Equity, we want to be as transparent as possible. We are using our CSR report to help shape our business decisions and our strategy. And you're right. We don't want it to be a boil the ocean exercise. But at the same time, if a particular topic doesn't fall within the top right quadrant, that doesn't mean uh, we can't speak to it or address it. There's one of the topics that I wanted to mention that that's not included in our CSR report, but will be going forward is how we train our teammates. We think it's extremely important that our partners and our clients understand and know that that we value our teammates. And we one way we value them is is the training that we provide to them on an annual basis. So that was not in the far right quadrant. But but again, being transparent and being as authentic as possible is what we strive to do at Health Equity. Yeah, that's a really good point. And considering how hard it is for employers currently to find and engage their workforce, investing in the workforce in that regard is a pretty smart idea as well, because we understand just by the nature of uh, the times we live in how 
things can change and how making sure that your workforce is engaged and part of the company is is dramatically more important now than I would say even in the recent past. And speaking about that, you know, we, you've talked about the actions that you're looking to implement and you talked about monitoring the carbon emissions, but what are some of the goals or objectives that health equity plans to achieve in the future now that you've laid the groundwork You've done the due diligence to understand what is most germane to your business, as well as what has organically happened in the organization before this process. So I'm curious to understand what are some of those goals and objectives that health equity plans to achieve in the future? Yeah, that's a really great question. And uh, the two topics I'm about to mention have been part of a larger discussion for quite some time and something that we're really working towards. Uh, One of them is diversity within our workforce. We know that we can be better at being more diverse with our workforce, and that's something that we are working towards. While we don't have a specific goal yet, we do have a strategy that we are planning to implement here in the next few months by the end of the year. And that strategy really is to focus on the areas in which we we operate and determine ways we can be more diverse. It's more increasing the talent pool from a diversity perspective, not setting a quota or a percentage or anything like that, but it really is a strategy that we want to implement into uh, increasing the talent pool, thereby creating uh, a more diverse workforce. And the second one that we're working on is pay equity. These are two of the topics that uh, we were quite transparent with in our most recent CSR report. So there's an internal project going on right now to determine job structure, job titles, et cetera, and how that uh, flows into pay equity. So those are two of the topics that, that uh, we're heavily focused on and planning to, to implement a strategy uh, here in the near future. Pay equity is really interesting because we see how, how that is tied to diversity, right? Because you see times where companies tout diversity, but then they provide these transparency reports on Uh, pay equity, and sometimes are quite abysmal. And you think about engaging the workforce, educating the workforce that you have, having that pay equity and knowing that people are fairly compensated for their work is critically important and to be competitive for future, future employees, as well as to retain the high value employees that you're training and that you're working to push to make sure that they're able to move up within the organization as well. So I think it's it's really important for companies to understand how a lot of what you've talked about in health equity has been internally focused in a really interesting way and how a lot of times when they think about doing these ESG activities, it's always for the market or for investors and not necessarily for your internal stakeholders as much. And that is such a value, valuable and critical component of any ESG programs to make sure folks in the organization are feel great about it. They know that they're being compensated. They know that they're valued within the organization and there's actions to take place that represent that. So I think that's a really interesting and unique difference I'm seeing with health equity that I haven't really seen in other companies when they talk about their sustainability journey. 
You know, that's a great, uh, well, thank you for, for the kind words. And that's great that you caught on to that because that really is at the heart of our culture at Health Equity. At Health Equity, our brand color is purple, but we also use purple as code for remarkable. And in that essence is how we treat our teammates. We want to treat our teammates with remarkable service everyone. And that extends to our, our partners and our clients and our members. So for you to recognize that, that's, that's fantastic because that, that's truly at our core as well is, is, is being purple. And I think that also speaks to how a corporation really needs to say that they really need to own their ESG journey and their ESG program and not have it necessarily be dictated to them by third parties just to say what is really germane and important to your organization Similar with health equity, you just mentioned that purple is a code for excellence and making sure that you're treating everyone and everyone's being treated with with excellence. I think for organizations, that corporate culture being infused into their ESG program really needs to become more important because we see that the war for talent is only going to increase. We see that from a from a pragmatic standpoint that if you have a high turnover rate, if people do not feel as if they are being valued, then that's going to hurt your ability to recruit and retain qualified employees that you'll need to do all the great things you want to do in the future for your strategic planning as well. So I think that's um, something that as a takeaway for anyone listening is to make sure that that whatever your corporate culture is, to make sure that's infused into your ESG program. And if understandably, let's say your corporate culture is a bit toxic, that may also impact your ESG journey. So I think that's that's a part that people really need to understand and sort of take to heart. So, so for someone listening, where can people find out more information about health equity and its program? Yeah, anyone interested uh, in learning more about health equity as an organization or CSR report is healthequity.com. That is our external facing website where individuals can learn more about the organization. And there is an about section. So healthequity.com slash about or up the top of the website, you can see a tab for about. And there is a list of other items that you can learn more about the company, including our CSR report. Well, thank you so much, Gabe, for being a guest on ESG Matters podcast. And I thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Amat. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the ESG Matters podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe to the ESG Matters podcast on your choice of podcast platforms. This podcast is brought to you by Amat Gumis and theme music by Dexter Thomas. Thank you.